Hi guys, just a quick one before we start this episode. I want to say a massive thank you to everyone that has already subscribed to our channel. Don't forget we'll be doing another giveaway at 100 YouTube subscribers. Head on over to our Twitter and Instagram, give us a follow and make sure to keep an eye on our feed. I'll put the links in the descriptions below. Hello and welcome back to the 5.11 podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Alice and on this week's episode we'll be going through how the Premier League has finally been given a return date, how 10 Championship players have tested positive for COVID-19 and now that the league is back we'll be talking who's getting top four, who we think will be getting Europa and who we think will be getting relegated. So the Premier League, it's finally back and 17th of June, Ben, is the date we've been given. Yeah, it's been very, very long anticipated, hasn't it? I think we kind of knew it was coming back from the fact that they hadn't cancelled it early and they haven't ever said that there was a possibility of cancelling it. Do you know what I mean? But you have to give them half praise for the way they've gone around it, really, from letting the Bundesliga do their thing testing see how it worked and the Bundesliga has obviously worked because they're still getting good quality views on what they're doing the quality of football is still good the football is still carrying on if you know what I mean so you have to give them a little bit of praise for that as well but how do you feel this is going to affect it for the future if you know what I mean yeah it's a a difficult one because on one hand I'm Happy that it's back because, you know me, I'm an avid West Ham fan and I went to a lot of games this season and I've, I've missed it. But the whole point of football for me is fans. It's fans in the ground. It's fans being able to watch every single game. It's a fan sport. And as you've seen in the Bundesliga, when you take the fans away from the game, it's a completely different sport in my opinion. It takes that competitive edge away from it. And I know that sounds so silly because obviously there's points still up for grabs. There's um, Champions League places, relegation, blah, 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 all the normal things. But it's just that thing of when the fans aren't there, I'm struggling to back get behind the sport. Um, no, I completely understand what you mean, especially at the tail end of a season when points mean the most, like for the teams in the Bundesliga that need the wins to maybe get out of the relegation zone or even push in the Champions League or something. These times are the most important times of the season. Yeah, and that's when you need your fans to help you, you know, to push you along, to um, really give you that 12th man, um, especially for clubs like West Ham at the bottom, Villa as well, um, who else is down there, Brighton, Bournemouth, Norwich, all of them, to have the fans in the stadium when it's a home game especially gives you that uh, our quotation marks advantage really and to take that away from you it's just it's difficult for me it's really difficult because of course I love football and I want to see it back but at the same time I want to see the game back that I've grown up with um yeah, but it's I, difficult I know of what course. you mean I know what you mean they've they've done the right thing by bringing the season back and give it and saying on the seventeenth, so it's not too early. That by that time it should have all cleared up. Fingers crossed. But they've done the right thing in waiting. Personally, now it's all down to the players, the managers, the coaches, and the teams overall 
to get their teams ready to finish the season. Yeah, and do you know what? Like you said, we have been given a time, and as fans, we need to prepare to kind of get our heads back in the game, if that makes sense. Um, there's still a lot up for grabs, especially in the latter end of the table. Um, even Norwich aren't down and out. So I'd say there's six teams in the relegation battle. Um, there's a couple of spots in the Champions League and Europa up for grabs. So as fans, we need to prepare that the Premier League is coming back and we need to kind of get in the mind frame of, OK, you know what? We need to start winning. Um, so it's going to be interesting, especially because now my club are back in action. So I've actually got a club to follow. Um, that's my own. Talking about following it, though, is that it's come out that there's only going to be 25 free-to-air games. What's your thoughts on kind of, I'd say, the lack of games being shown for free? Um, because, obviously, the Sky, uh, the rest of the games are being shared between Sky Sports and BT. You have to look at it in the sense of what is the difference now to what was the difference before. I know that there won't be any fans going to the games, so... There will be no one watching those games. But 25 free-to-air games is still quite a lot considering what they would have had before. And I know 65 at uh, 64, sorry, games being on the Sky Sports, you have to pay for them. So it's 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 difficult to get between the two, but they're still showing the games. You have to give a little bit of praise for that. I know, but if it, I'm going to kind of back my corner here in, in the sense of for example, my dad, West Ham fan, he doesn't care about the rest of the games in, in the sense of, you know, he doesn't really want to be seeing Leicester-Chelsea. You know, he's a, he's a sports fan, but he wants to be seeing every single West Ham game. And I can guarantee that all those 25 games aren't going to be West Ham. In fact, and I think yeah, one or two will be West Ham. I know what you mean, but I think personally that's more something that the clubs should try and organise. So, you, you know, you see... Uh, especially during lockdown, they were putting stuff on YouTube. Yeah. They were streaming like the old mm. games. There's nothing to say that a team couldn't be able to stream and put it on YouTube. I think it's rights issues, though. So, for example, if uh, BT have bought the West Ham Tottenham game, West Ham can't then go show that on YouTube for free because BT have bought the rights for it. So then, then why would BT... Yeah, then that, that backs the corner that I'm trying to say mm. in that 25 free games to air is quite a lot. Do you know what I mean? I think as a football fan, as a basic football Premier League fan and that your club isn't in the Premier League like yourself, you know, you, you like watching yeah, the Premier I'm, League. Yeah, I might be quite biased 25, with this anyway. Yeah, 25 games. Most of the games, me being a Millwall fan, Millwall are hardly on telly. Yeah. So to watch Millwall, I have to go to the games. I know we're on telly maybe once every two months or so. And that's if we're playing a, a better team, like the top half teams anyway. So I might be a little bit biased in the sense of what I'm saying. But to me, 25 free to air games is quite a lot. I think it's quite generous. 64, I think most people that are sports fans have Sky Sports anyway. I don't know if that's the bad thing or not, but... No, my yeah. yeah, my just thing is is that during COVID, people might have had to cancel their subscriptions. You know, Sky weren't showing much to be honest in replace for yeah. the lack of sport. Um, they didn't do anything. Yeah, at all, really, did no, they? like real uh, past 
iconic fixtures or anything, which I think they kind of missed which the I trick think they with. Missed the trick on, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I kind of sympathise, and for people like myself who you know go to a lot of games, and obviously you, but um, you know, to not have the accessibility to watch every single game is a bit of a kick in the teeth for me. Um, I'm lucky that I have BT and Sky, but I know a lot of other people aren't in those positions, and I just feel for them. I think you should be able to watch your club. Yeah, I um, understand what you mean, but we got to also think it's not going to last forever. Mm. If anything, it's for this season. And I know um, they've come out and said that they want to, by the end of the season, try and get fans back in the stadium. So you think if we get through this little part of the season, then maybe at the FA Cup final mm. or something, you might have... It would be limited fans, but it's it's all like a stepping stone. We have to kind of respect what we've got now to then achieve what we can in the future. 100%. And I, and I get that. I get your point. I just think mine as, as the fact of, you know, I know a lot of people of West Ham, it's a people's club and it means a lot for the fans to be watching their team. It's kind of the only reason. Like, we're not a pretty football club in terms of um, on and off the pitch. Um, so we don't really stick around for a lot. Um, but, yeah, on to that. Anyway, um, the Premier League isn't the only league back. Did you want to touch on the Bundesliga? Yeah, we could touch on the Bundesliga. We've been watching quite a lot of the Bundesliga, haven't we? And yeah. We've actually really enjoyed the quality of football. Yeah, do you know what? We watched the Dortmund... Who did they play? It was Dortmund... Panderborn. Panderborn, yes. Panderborn, yeah. And the first half from Panderborn... Yeah, they're you know what they 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 held their own. Considering they are bottom and rock bottom, and it looks like they're relegated, they've got a little love story, don't they? They have. We did look into that, didn't we? After, but I don't know because being in the championship and an English team lover, we kind of I don't know. I'm speaking for myself here. Kind of forget about the other leagues in the sense of. Watching mid, full games, mid table, and you know, like see what like the table movements. You can't, you obviously every season you know what Bayern Munich are doing, what Dortmund are doing, Real yeah. Madrid, Barcelona. But from watching all this Bundesliga, I've realised how tight that league is. Do you know what I mean? So I know the big game was the Bayern Munich versus Dortmund game, and that was a big title decider. Yeah, and. Bayern Munich won that, didn't they? 1-0. Great goal by Kimmich. That little dink was incredible. Yeah, it was. And now it looks like Munich might run away with the league. But then as you look down the table, there is still seven teams that have still got a chance of being in the Champions League, Europe, or even missing out on it. I was looking, even Dortmund might not even have the chance of being in the Champions League for next season. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And it's a little bit like the Premier League this year and the fact of Liverpool have run away with the league, but the rest of, uh, you know, second to, you'd say, maybe sixth, seventh, is all up for grabs. And it's been interesting to kind of follow that along with the title race that's kind of now ended uh, due to that um, Dortmund defeat. But teams well, like... It hasn't Ma- ended yet. But no, it looks but, like yeah... A- um, but teams like Mission Gladbach, Wolfsburg, Hoffenheim, classy little teams that I've enjoyed uh, and I've yourself, really enjoyed yeah, watching. Yes. So, um, although and the fan aspect isn't there, the football has still been. Oh, the quality of football has still been there. It looks like the teams have kept themselves fit. 
because the quality of football is definitely not deteriorated. Yeah. So it looks like the teams that were still good are still pushing for what they wanted to at the end of the season. Just to touch on the Premier League, do you personally think that any teams are going to struggle with this break that has happened? Um, I think a lot of teams with bigger squads, more valuable squads, would have benefited for the likes of Tottenham, who've got some of their superstars back. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, I think teams in and around the bottom w- will have struggled with the break. Um even I'll put West Ham in there, Norwich, maybe Brighton, Bournemouth. It's getting that match fitness. And when you have when your first game back is against one of the, the big boys, can you match them toe-for-toe toe no. for 90 minutes? I know what you mean. I think there's three big key figures to each team, what they do from now on. One is getting the leaders around the team. The leaders have never been in this situation before do you know what i mean so i'll use west ham as an example i know we always say west ham but it's just because you're here with me (laughs) mark noble has never ever been in this situation before as a player or as a captain so going to someone like mark noble and saying like hoping he gets you out of this rough patch do you know what i mean yeah he's not gonna have a clue what to do he's he's never had to missed three months because of a virus before so asking for your leaders in your team is going to be a struggle for most of those teams and especially when you're at the bottom and looking to get out of a relegation zone or push your leaders are one of the key key parts of the team do you know what i mean so i think that's one part have you got anything to add on that no 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 carry on yep another part i would say is the five subs for each yeah. team. I know we touched on Definitely. that. Uh, was it last week's episode or a couple of weeks ago anyway? We saw definitely in the Bayern Munich Dortmund game. If you haven't got a full fit healthy squad and you're having to put youngsters on the bench. Bayern Munich were bringing on players like Perisic and Mullers and, do you know, those high quality players and... Dortmund was struggling to bring on anyone. They had to bring on some 19-year-olds. And that's kind of where they lost the game. So you have to feel for the teams at the bottom of the table in that aspect as well. (coughs) Sorry. Because they're not going to have the squads. So when it comes to bringing on that fifth person to make or bring you a goal, it's not going to be the same. So I think that is another key aspect to coming back as well. If they keep the five subs for next season, it's a different story because teams obviously want to build to have a better squad for next season. Yeah. Another thing as well is have the players been keeping their self fit? Yeah, and to be fair, it's who do you put that down to if they haven't? Because it's hard to keep motivation, as anyone knows, um, when you aren't given an end goal date. Yeah. So now they've been given a date to kind of work oh, towards. they've got plenty of time. It's, like, it's literally the first of the month as we're recording this. Yeah, so, so they've got uh, a date in mind to go get themselves fit. But, I mean, it, damage control maybe in the sense of some players might have let themselves go. I've seen pictures of Luke Shaw where he's I not looked great. I saw one of great. Kevin De Bruyne the other day. Yeah, um, so I'm not saying that, you know, like you said, they've still got time to do it. But it's whether they're going to be match fit for yeah. for day one. Um, 
But that's enough of the Premier League and the Bundesliga because another league is back, which is very close to you, Ben, which is the Championship. So that's been given, I think, the 20th of June. So it only was, a couple yeah. of days um, later than the Premier League restart. Um, but that's also come along with the news of 10 Championship players were tested positive um, for COVID. So I guess that's two questions there. Is one, what do you think about the the ten players that have come out with COVID? And two, are you happy that you finally got a date to work towards yourself? I'll start off with, am I happy? Of course I'm happy. I want to see my team play. My team were in a very very good position to push for playoffs to go, maybe into the dreamlands of the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so obviously for to give us a chance of that, yes, of course I'm happy. As a football fan, am I happy for the Championship to come back? Of course I am. The Championship is a very, very good... Uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Uh, quality of league. Quality, yeah. that's the word. Quality of football. So it's it's a good start getting the Championship back. I feel sorry for the lower leagues, like the, the League 1 and the League 2s, yeah. who had theirs cancelled. It seemed like they rushed into that a little bit, didn't it? We can maybe talk about that another time anyway but for now the championship coming back i'm very positive about that and then the second half of that question with the covid i don't think has it, has it actually come out which team players and which like which teams they play for has come out or um i don't think so i think there was a little bit of um hull hull came out and said they had a few players and i believe qpr but don't quote me on that yeah. um so i've seen a few articles in that sense, but no, I don't think it's been confirmed which players. But look, 10 players out of every single team in the Championship is kind of a plus, if you know what I mean. There hasn't been any deaths yet. I'm not, I'm not trying to sound as negative as possible here, but only 10 players in the whole league is very, very good. So I think that's a positive way to look at bringing the Championship back. And I think that's how they've looked at it as well and thought, okay, the 20th of June, hopefully that number will go down. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and and do you know what? I agree with you. I think when the Premier League first had their testers come out, a lot of players had gotten it. Which was four, was it? Um, and two of them were Watford. It was, Two of them were Watford. And considering there is more teams in the Championship, to only have six more positive tests, and I say only, you know, lightly but um um to only have six more positive tests I, d- I don't think that's a negative at all and and that shouldn't start um bumping back the restart of the championship so that's that's going to be interesting because um op- opposite to you I also enjoy watching the championship there's a lot up for grabs in terms of um who's going to be first or second with Leeds West Brom and who's third they're cl- quite close aren't they uh, Fulham Fulham pushing as well, and then the whole playoffs, like you said, there's a few outside of the um, playoffs. About 12 or 13 teams that, that can, can still, still make the yeah, playoffs. So, so that's going to be interesting, and um, I'm looking forward to watching the championship as a neutral. And obviously, for me, there's no pressure in watching the games. So um, that comes back three days after the Premier League, so keep an eye on watching the championship. Um, so, should we go on to our last little segment then, yeah. which is back to the Premier League and kind of finalising the table, should we say, of how how we think it's going to end. 
So, should we do fourth to first then, Ben? Yep. So, we'll start off with who we think is going to finish in the last Champions League spot. Uh, do you want to go first and say, kind of, yeah, fight their corner? First. So, in fourth, or to finish fourth, anyway, their last spot of the Champions League, I've gone for Man United. Okay. Do you want to I know. Uh, I feel like their form towards the end of the season was glimpses of the Man United teams that we've known in the past. Now, well, ever since they got a proper striker and a creative midfielder, which they have been dying out for a long, long time, they yeah. look like a very, very, very good team. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And now that they've got the likes of Rashford coming back as well, as well as adding in the Fernandes and... Martial mm, coming back as well? Is he fully fit yet? I'm not yet? too sure about that anyway. But I think that's a good enough team to get a good run of form going anyway, to make that mm. late push. I, I saw today that they've just made um, that Agalo uh, loan. That's the one I was trying to think yeah, of. Yeah, they've, um, they've extended that to they next did, January. Yeah. So and he was banging in the goals for it. Yeah, he was doing really well from uh, before COVID hit. And to be fair, if he you know, does the same kind of form. I can see United making a, a late little push. However, I have gone with Leicester uh, uh, fourth. Okay. Uh, so that's coming one down from where they're currently at, which is third. Um, of course, they've had a great start to the season. Uh, they've done really well. Tailed off a little bit towards the end. Um, I think that was due to a couple of injuries more than anything, to be fair. But um, I've put them down to fourth just because I think that, um, you know, Brendan would be like, as long as they get top four, that's a that's a really good season for them. And they've got that squad that is capable of going higher, but I just think they'll come back with a more relaxed mindset than yeah, a few others, if that mean. makes sense. They haven't got a lot to play for apart from the sense of, let's just keep doing what we did before COVID here. And if they carry on like that, couple of wins, couple of draws, I can see them cementing fourth. I do really like Leicester's team, and I do agree with you in the sense that they've had a really, really good season. I think the next couple of seasons are huge for Leicester because they've got the players, they've got the young core of players anyway, if they can keep them players, to consistently stay in that Champions League spot. Mm -hmm. They've got a great manager, they've got really good young players in their squad that look like they could stay there for many, many years. So, yeah, I agree with you in that sense. Uh, should we go on to third? Yeah. Okay, I'll start off here and I'll go with the team that have who were in Leicester's position right now, which is Chelsea, and they've jumped up a spot for me for third. Now, even though I'm a West Ham fan, I'm a big fan of what's going on at Chelsea at the moment. Um, Frank Lampard, of course, being next West Ham and all of the controversy around that. I just think he's got that young Chelsea side um, shooting in the right place, to be honest. Um, I like the core. I like what they've got going on. Jorginho is, you know, really hitting form. My only issue is, is that obviously Kante. So with the whole thing with COVID, he doesn't want to play right now because yeah. he's got an underlying um, health condition, which is totally, you know, reasonable. Yes, he's within his um, rights, So that could be a big loss for Chelsea. But I think they've got enough firepower in there. Um, you saw before COVID, Billy Gilmore coming in, mm -hmm. doing an amazing job when he played against Liverpool. And I think he, he can come slot in that midfield and, and be a good enough replacement for Carte. So I think they'll jump above Leicester just because I think they'll come back hungrier. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, between Chelsea and Leicester, I, I think 
third and fourth for those two spots for them. I can't see that changing much. So um, I've got Chelsea at third, but who have you got at third? I've gone for Leicester. I'll touch on quickly just to, like, opposite what you were talking about with Chelsea. Yeah. I've put Chelsea at fifth. I think they've finished fifth. At the beginning of the episode, I touched on the whole experienced uh, players coming through and being vital for this stage in the season. Yeah. And I just don't know if Chelsea have got that. None fault to their own because of what they've been trying to do this season with the English youth talent coming through, which they didn't really have a lot of choice. And it seems to work. It's worked for them. But I feel like it was starting to tell with their form that they needed someone in there, like a leader, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And especially after this little spell that's happened with the the virus coming out, to come back and start from scratch to get those games going again, I think they really, really need that leader. Mm-hmm. And they just haven't got it. So I've put them to finish or to drop quite a lot of points anyway. And in third place, I've gone for Leicester. Kind of what like you touched on. I mm. think they've got a really, really good squad, good youth. They've played really good football this year. Brendan Rodgers has got them really playing some good football anyway. And I just can't see them dropping a lot of points. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I totally understand that. And like I said, to be honest with um what I was saying about third and fourth, I think uh, either Chelsea or Leicester, they can switch between the two for me. Um, and so I can totally see your point mm-hmm. with Leicester th- finishing third. Um, I don't want to touch too much on second and first because no, I can see here that we've got uh, the same two teams, which is City finishing runners-up and Liverpool obviously running away with the league. So um, we both think that Liverpool have been classed this season um, and City have just not really matched them, have they? No. Uh, they've dropped points where they didn't need to they've had a lot of problems with injuries and into key areas anyway yeah. haven't they with Laporto being injured which was no doubt a big big loss for them when you have to put not saying that Fernandinho has done a bad job since being there but he's definitely not a centre-back is he yeah and I think we were saying when football was still going on if it would have been interesting to see if uh, a Liverpool team without Virgil van Dijk at the back um, and how oh, they would no have doubt, coped. No um, so, fair play to Liverpool. I think they're going to uh, deservedly win their first title. Um, and I think City are going to miss out this year. But um, still, nevertheless, second, um, another mm-hmm. year at the Champions League, of course. Um, well, if that ban doesn't happen. Yeah. but um, I would like to know who you've put for fifth and sixth, though. Obviously, yeah. you know that I've gone for Chelsea in fifth. So... The top spot for Europa. I'd like to know who you've got anyway. Yeah, so the two uh, spots for Europa for me is fifth with United and I've gone with Wolves at sixth. Um, that's Everton and Arsenal missing out on Europa this year. Um, to be honest, and Sheffield United, actually, just thinking about that. Um, they've missed out as well. But um, for me, Wolves' class outfit, um, they seem to be very, very lucky with injuries to key people. Um, you know, Jimenez, they keep that core. Uh, Cody, Traore, all of those. Matinho, um, I don't need to name the whole team. Everyone knows their team. But I'm a big fan of Wolves. And um, I just think they've got a lot of energy. They've got a great... Um, uh, in Nuno, what he's trying to... Good, good trust. Yeah, it? that's what I'm trying trust. to say. 
the whole Wolves team know what they're doing and I just think when they come back it will be business as usual and I can see them cementing that sixth spot um, overtaking the likes of Sheffield United um, just in the terms of you know going back to experience and they've been there and done that before so I've gone with Wolves at sixth and then I went with United over Wolves and over Sheffield United, Arsenal, Everton etc for the same reason you kind of put them fourth mm-hmm. um, I didn't put them one up just because I think it will take them a little bit of time to get back to the form that they had previously. Mm-hmm. But I do like what's going on at United. I think they've sorted a lot of problems that they had issues with in the past couple of years. Uh, Bruno Fernandes has come in and been insane well, for them. Um, if he carries on that kind of form, you know, you only need a few players like that to turn up and, and mm-hmm. you, you'll get the points. So... Um, yeah, I've gone with United at fifth rather than the Champions League just because I think they, they needed to start this form a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, but who, who did you go for for sixth then? We know you went with Chelsea at fifth. So, yeah, and then for sixth, I've gone for Wolves. The same reason as you, really. They've got similar to uh, Leicester in the sense of they've just got a really, really good core of players. There's, I know there was a stat that Wolves have made the least amount of changes in the Premier League. Yeah. And that shows that he trusts his starting eleven and his formations and his tactics and it works. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Normally with when you go for that approach as a team, they normally figure you out. Yeah. And then it's you're easier to play against. You found that with the likes of Man City this season. Second season syndrome, uh sometimes for teams like Wolves as well. Um you know, just touching on what you said is is a fact that obviously people know what you're doing, but I mean, people know what wolves are doing, but just can't stop them. When you've got the likes of people like Adama Traore, who is physically unstoppable, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you cannot stop him, he's just too big and powerful. Mm-hmm. I think this season they're going to finish off strong if they can keep that squad for next season and improve on it. I can't see them. Like there being no reason why they can't do the same as what Leicester are doing this season. My only issue with Wolves is um, obviously what we've touched on a little bit before, which is one, a backup striker, Mm -hmm. and two, the ageing Moutinho in midfield. Um, That's my only issues of concern for Wolves to push on even further next year. But if they can sort that out, which, to be fair, if they go and get another Portuguese wonder kid, I'm (laughs) sure they have no problems doing that. But um, let's go to the opposite end of the table then in terms of relegation. So three teams. We'll start at 20th and then go up to 18th, shall we? Yeah, So I think we have the same team at 20th, which is Norwich. Yeah. Um, do you want to kind of say your points, which I'm sure yeah, are kind of mine? Yeah, I feel a little bit sorry for Norwich in the sense of he didn't come in with a big budget. They didn't really make the sign-ins, but they're just not good enough, are they? No. You can tell when you're looking at their team, they've got individual players that have the Premier League quality, but then you have to have the players around them as well to be able to sustain. You know what I mean? A bit like what Sheffield United have got now. They obviously didn't spend a lot of money, but they had a good core. And when you have a couple of world-class players and fill them in with all-rounders around them, then you have a good balanced team. But I feel Norwich, they've got their key players being Cantwell and Pookie. 
but then they just haven't got the players around them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's why they've really struggled this season. I, I, I agree, and that's kind of the same points as me. My only other thing would be, like, they've got young players in maybe the positions that you need experience in your first couple of years. Um, Like, for example, um, Campwell, they've got mm-hmm. uh, Aaron's yeah. uh, full-back, um, their, their left-back, who's quite uh, young as Lewis, well. Jamal yep. Who I just think in when you're a team like Norwich, you're coming into the Premier League for the first time in a while. You need the experience. You need that core of leaders. And yeah, I just think it hasn't worked for them this year. Um, but yeah, they haven't had the budget. So I mean, yeah. you can't fault them Another too much. Another big thing for them is not to go down the route. If this is going, if they get relegated, which we both think. Mm-hmm not to get rid of all their players. Yeah, it's really important, isn't it? they've got some really, really good youth in there, which obviously will attract quite a fair few Premier League teams. The, yeah. the likes of what you just touched on with the Lewis, you've got Aaron's, Campwell. They I'm sure def- someone would take Pookie as oh, well. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but to keep them to maybe go up for next season is always a possibility do you know what I mean I think Fulham are a prime example of if you can keep most of your squad uh, you're going to be up and around the playoffs again yeah. next year so um, yeah if Norwich um, do go down it, I, I agree with you it's important that they keep the core of that squad again if they have any chance of uh, coming back up again um, 19th do you want to go who yeah. you have I've gone for Villa I think what we've touched on with the whole crowd situation Villa are obviously quite notorious for having quite good support haven't they yeah their stadium when it's going is very very good atmosphere and to bounce that off with the fact that they just haven't been playing good football this season and they haven't got like a leader in the sense I think if you put the both together I can't see in them turning it around and picking up results so that's why I've put them in 19th anyway yeah so I don't want to touch on Villa too much only because I have them at a different position but my 19th is Watford and this is a bit of a educated one in the sense of I know they've got a lot of issues about coming back um their whole squad has been very vocal especially Troy Deeney, about mm-hmm. the fact that they don't want to come to training because of COVID. They fear, obviously, because um, someone at Watford had COVID. I can't think of who it was. Um, I can't, can't think, think of the top, top of my head. head. Um, who had COVID. Um, and I just think that whole disruption is going to play a pivotal role in the, in the first few games. And when you're not having key players like Troy Deeney in and around your team wanting to play, I think it, it, it kind of, it's like a domino effect. It's going to fall down mm-hmm. to the rest of the youth players, to, to the other players. And I just think that is going to be more of an issue rather than like the football side of things. Yeah. So um, I think they've dropped some points because of what's going on behind the scenes. And I think ultimately that will cost them a place in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're trying to say. I think one positive for Watford is that they've got a manager that has been there Mm -hmm. and done it many many times in Nigel Pearson he done it notoriously with Leicester his latest team yeah I think that might be a big factor because it is no doubt that they have been playing a lot lot better ever since he's come in they've beaten the likes of Liverpool which is near enough impossible this season so I 
I agree with what you're saying, but I think they might just have enough. Mm-hmm. That's my point of view anyway. I'll go in 18th. I know you're not going to like this, but I think West Ham. I just oh, think Ben, what are you doing to me? <laughs> I just think that this season they have been very stop-start. It looks like you're going to get a little bit of form. You beat a mid-table team to top-half table team. You're doing quite well. And then you just drop off again. I just think the squad that you've got at the moment, you haven't got a clear start in 11. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I think to not know your starting 11 after how many games, I don't know how many games we played into the season before all of this, but to not know your starting 11 that far into the season is not only bad for the club in the sense of getting a bit of rhythm going, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I I do agree with what you say, and I've said this too many a times. It's sometimes clueless. I can look at what's going on on the pitch and think I have no idea what David Moyes is trying to do here, and that is worrying. Um, I agree with the disruption thing, but I think that partly comes with the whole um managerial change um yeah. partway through the season, which is never gonna uh help a team, um especially down at the bottom. David Moyes has come in and, and done all right, to be fair. Um, I I can't really fault what he's done. He's done what he's been brought in to do, which is try and keep West Ham up. I can't sit here and say I'm not worried about the possibility of relegation, but I think we'll just do enough to stay up, and that's just because of the quality of players that we do have. And on their day, um, they are £30, £40 million pound players. Mm-hmm. It's just they don't have those days... But Very then that often. goes back to the point that I was trying to say with Norwich, but obviously yours is a lot more extreme because you were paying the forty million yeah. for players. You've got the players like Haller, who in other leagues he was in the Bundesliga, wasn't he? Yeah. And he was scoring twenty five, thirty goals. But then when you're putting people like Snodgrass around him, it just doesn't have a good balance to the team, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I think in the sense that maybe a relegation is it would be a good thing for West Ham because it seems like you've got a lot of players that maybe don't want to be at that club or yeah. you've got maybe some players that are earning too much of what they shouldn't be. I think as much as a relegation is never a good thing for a team, maybe a relegation would be ideal for you. And I know your board would probably love that as well. <laughs> well, moving on from West Ham anyway... Ben, because um, it's it's hard. It's over. hard hearing things like that. Um, eighteenth <laughs> for me is Villa. So the team you had at nineteenth, I've got at eighteenth. Um, I did change that from Bournemouth. Um, but you know what? I just agreed with everything you said and think that they don't have enough for me. I look at that team and think Grealish is probably one of the only saving graces along with Mings um of course I like a lot of their players I like Heaton that they've got mm-hmm. in on loan or did they buy him in the end no it's on loan. on loan um but I just think the whole fact of the lack of striker um the rest of the midfield around Grealish isn't great um and yeah I just don't think they've got enough firepower it's, it's bad when you're dependent on a player like Grealish and then you've your only dependent player has probably had 
the most tough time during all of this COVID. Yeah, that, you know that's I mean? another thing, actually. So when you come back to have all of that pressure anyway, we don't know what, how that's going to affect him. I forgot to mention that point. Yeah, anyway. no, I was just going to touch on that, actually. And so, yeah, the same fact of Troy Deeney coming out and being in the press of not wanting to play. We've got Grealish, who's been in the press because of uh, things he's done during lockdown. Um, so there will be a lot of... Uh, not only that as well, just to touch on. The whole speculation of him moving club as yeah, well. Yeah, of course. Actually, yeah, that's a good uh, good point, Ben, because he's been linked with United um, for the majority of the year, to be honest. And um, if his head isn't in it and a few results don't go Villa's way, you can maybe see him trying to push that move a little bit more. So I think Villa have a lot of problems off the pitch, uh, which will play a big part on the pitch. Um, but yeah, let's kind of wrap up the episode there then. Yeah. Uh, Make sure, if you haven't already, to go check out episode one. Also, if you're a basketball fan, stay tuned because later on this week, we'll also be uploading our basketball weekly roundup. Thank you so much. And don't forget to subscribe to our social channels. All links are in the description below.